Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or wherever you find yourself when you're listening to this. I hope you are good. I'm Yasin Barnes. You can find me now with uh, my friend Brendan. Brent. You guys know Brendan. And this is the <laughs> Tech Wrap Up, uh, which is the weekly wrap up of the news in tech this week. Um, good afternoon, Brendan. I've... I'm saying your name Brendan the whole time. Now I'm going to say Brendan, Brendan the oh whole time. Oh my goodness. Brendan. Do I need to have like news intro music? This is the news at six. In the headlines today. From Brendan. Oh From my. Brendan. You must say Brendan also. Your name will be all over this podcast. <laughs> Listen here, don't make me pull a Piers Morgan and walk out of the show. Eh? <laughs> Just pull it. <laughs> so, um, what is happening in the news this week? We have NFTs. Guys... I've, I'm trying my brain, I've rigged my brain this week trying to figure out what is NFTs because every time I try and read an article, my brain goes, okay, we've got the first step, what the NFT is. Second step, you kind of know what the NFT is. Third step, what is an NFT? And I still can't make sense of this damn thing. Brendan, do you, can you maybe relate what the NFT is? I mean, it stands for, and I'm so going to get this wrong, it stands for <laughs> non-fun, what's a non-fungible token? which doesn't clear anything up as far as I'm concerned. Um, honestly, I'm still in that stage of I'm very confused as to what's going on with it because it's using blockchain technology to essentially help people convert things or create digital art assets, I think. I don't know. I've probably gotten that very wrong because I see that Jack Dorsey of Twitter has gone ahead and he essentially sold his first ever tweet um, as an NFT. I think Elon Musk's, what is she, wife, girlfriend, mother of his child with the unpronounceable name, person has also gone ahead and, and sold some NFT art. And I'm like, I still don't understand what this is. It's some digital digitization of art and assets. I don't know. I'm confused. So in my mind, it's like if you take a, a, a thing of the internet, be it a, a tweet or be it a picture, and they basically, it feels like they've encrypted a monetary value into it. So it's it's like, because it's yeah like a, um, a Bitcoin into a GIF that can be sold for a thing. You don't necessarily own the rights to it. You own the rights to it, but other people can still use it. So, but these just won't have the value that you've, that you have encrypted into yours that's my understanding of it but i also think i'm missing i feel like i'm missing the the smart part of it because <laughs> i went for tell me like i'm a five-year-old which is actually the best way to explain anything to anyone because then you're simplifying something down to its core essence so that anyone can understand it but what i'm gonna do is i'm literally just going to read from this article by the verge because they seem to, I think, understand a bit than us. So what they're saying is, because obviously non-fungible makes no sense to anyone, what they're saying is a Bitcoin is fungible. So you can trade one for another and you'll have exactly the same thing. So it's like if you have a samosa and I have a samosa and then you kind of like trade it, yeah, we still have a samosa. But if you have like a one-of-a-kind trading card, like a, like a super rare Pokemon card, like there's only one of it in the world, that's non-fungible. So if you trade it for something else, you get something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
And now, how do you add the rest of this? Thing Listen here, yeah, just give me a second, okay? Um, so what they're saying is N- NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain. Now, Ethereum is one of the sort of three big cryptocurrencies. So um, there's Bitcoin, there's Ethereum, and there's Ripple are the three sort of biggest, most well-known ones as far as I'm concerned. Um, Ethereum is a cryptocurrency, but they also do things like smart contracts and that sort of thing. So they cryptocurrency or blockchain setup should i say the blockchain sort of setup the blockchain that they use can store extra information which makes them apparently work differently from an ethereum coin that's a lot of words which i think some very select intelligent people would understand i am not one of those people um but essentially yeah i was reading the, i was reading the article and the article felt like do you remember the speech from the architect in the matrix <laughs> when when he just said words and then he was vis-a-vis erga erga uh cognance and assonance and then you're just like wow the matrix that is how i felt reading this article and i don't think i'm stu- uh, a stupid lighty but i could not wrap my head around all the the exact terminology so i'm just going to wait maybe someone can explain like I'm a three-year-old and not a five-year-old. Well, it's even worse because I actually do have a decent understanding of cryptocurrency and blockchain. And then I'm looking at this, I'm like, what? Um, I, I am hoping that in the future we can actually get someone on the show to explain NFTs for us. I know exactly the person. Um, he has founded and heads up a cryptocurrency investment firm based in South Africa and the UK. He's very smart. Um, so I'm hoping either next week or the week afterwards we'll be able to get him on the show and he can explain to us exactly what NFTs are. But in the meantime, I will leave you with this from The Verge where they say that NFTs can really be anything digital, such as drawings, music, you know, all sorts of stuff. But a lot of the current excitement is around using tech to sell digital art. So I think this is going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Is this actually a thing? Is this a fad? Is this the new evolution of trying to figure out what blockchain does? Um, I think a lot of people are going to write it off and sort of lump this in with, we told you cryptocurrency was nothing worthwhile. We told it was a fad. I think it needs to find its feet. I think there's a lot that needs to be understood and explained. It's weird. It's hopefully wonderful. And it, it definitely makes you think, what the hell is going on? I I think it's also going to be a thing where I feel like in the future people will have uh, screens instead of art on the walls, right? And then they basically need to have like pictures of things they've, uh, th- uh, NFTs that they've bought uh, on display and go, yeah, I bought that um, GIF of SpongeBob for $20,000. You see that picture of the Mona Lisa? Uh, yeah, I bought uh, I, I bought that as well for fifty thousand. <laughs> and it's just going to be like these weird images people have displayed on the walls at the value that will be put in the corner. That's my understanding for now. <laughs> I like the way that you keep saying GIF as opposed to GIF, which is the correct way to spell to say it. Okay, I don't care what anyone else says. You understood me. Yes, and I... language is just a medium of communication. It doesn't matter how I said it. <laughs> you understood. No, me. I'm I'm saying it because I know there's gonna. Because <laughs> I feel like if I said, no, there's gonna be people saying it's GIF, and I'm like, it's GIF. Yeah. It's not GIF. It's GIF. 
I, ju- I just say all the letters because I go, you can't fault me <laughs> if I say the letters. <laughs> it's the safest way out of a, out of this a is, fight. This is fair. So yeah, the G-I-F. Um, um, okay, wait. I was going to say, there's something you said now with people having displays on their walls, like, you know, instead of art. It's interesting because it was, was it last week that I think we spoke about Samsung, or was it a week before, um, where Samsung basically has unveiled this whole new range of TVs, including the frame, which is a TV, but when it's not being used as a TV, it has a frame around it and it looks like a piece of art. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I think we're already at that stage where people are having displays on their walls instead of art. You see, that is um, really cool and amazing, but we live in a country with load shedding. So now I can't enjoy my art because of ESCOM. Ah, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have someone paint me pictures rather than, than a screen for now. For now. <laughs> One day when we get it sorted, I'll, I'll be with it. Then while we spoke about Clubhouse, uh, which has been a thing, I also saw it, uh, picking up quite a bit this week. We now have uh, Fireside, which is the, the I'll say, the next step in... Um, in audio, uh, what is it? I'm trying to think of like the what's the term they use for these uh, for these apps? Is the audio um, sermon? Or <laughs> is it like a audio conference? <laughs> audio sermon. sermon conference was the word I was looking for, guys. <laughs> audio conference. Please don't say audio conference because audio conference it made sense in my head. No, but it sounds like those things that people used to do at work. You know, we used to have to go to the boardroom and you sit there and then one weird shaped audio thing and you're having this teleconference and everyone's just kind of zoned out. It's not that, okay? It's please guys, it's it's not that. Um that's true. So fireside also as a as a as a world we must stop making that thing. we must stop making that thing in the middle of the table. Please guys, those things are useless. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> it is actually useless. Um so fireside is the next sort of evolution of uh audio only social apps. I think that's what you were looking for. Um so Clubhouse, which yes. I am thoroughly enjoying, and Yasin, you need to get yourself an iOS device so I can invite you. Um I'm also on Twitter Spaces before you ask, okay? Before you even go down that road, I'm on Twitter Spaces as well. Um, no, so, so Twitter Spaces is actually looks like a jam though because this week I saw quite a few people getting into it, uh, interacting with it and being uh, present with it as well. So I actually think uh, from next week on, I'll be like, uh, I'll say delving into the Twitter spaces, uh, spaces, <laughs> space. Um, but yeah, I it, it looks like a jam, but it also looks more accessible. And I think for me, if things are more accessible, I'm more likely to jump in than like I'm not a hipster when it comes to my apps. Like by invite only, oh, keep your things, guys. If you want invite only, keep <laughs> your things. I'm here for everybody's things. I'm the communist of. Yeah. Okay. The Americans listening to this, like, just looking and they're like, mm. um. <laughs> So, yes, it is more sort of widely available, Twitter Spaces. I I enjoy it, but I feel like having experienced Clubhouse as well, I in my personal opinion, I feel like Clubhouse is a little bit more well-rounded and just a little bit sort of better put together, but it's obviously because they've had more time to do it. 
Um, I'm very curious to see how Twitter Spaces is going to move ahead. But it's interesting you talk about invitation only and that sort of stuff because Fireside is still very much in beta. Not everyone sort of really has access to it. But when it launches, it's going to be, at the very least at launch, it's going to be iOS only again, like everything is. Also, here's the other thing. Do we need different versions of the same app? This is another thing I always worry about because I'm like, guys, if I see someone else making an app and I go, it's very similar to mine, should I still make my one? Like, because I, I just feel like Clubhouse is going to be branded so well. Like, it's already branded. Like, we, if you speak of Clubhouse as an app, you know what it is. Or, like, most people know what it is or, or the capabilities of it. But now that you're bringing another one, it's like, how do you rival Instagram? Can you rival Instagram? Like, what what are the main differences that, that Fireside has to Clubhouse that will make it stand out? Well, it's an interesting question because Clubhouse definitely started the wave of these audio, you know, audio-focused social apps. Uh, Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse are obviously very similar, although the people behind Twitter Spaces have said on Twitter Spaces that they don't believe that they're they don't believe that they're similar apps. And I'm like, um, okay. But Fireside, yeah, that's my like, have you seen both apps? Like, um, okay. But Fireside is not doing exactly the same thing. What they're doing is it's almost like they branding it as live podcast. So what we're doing now, which we're recording, um, and then people listen to it. Um, you know, if they've got apparently nothing else to do with their lives. Um, the the live aspect of it means that people can actually interact. And unlike Clubhouse or, or Twitter spaces where they interact by sort of raising their hand, they want to ask a question, you know, then their mic gets unmuted and then they can sort of join the stage and speak. Uh, Fireside will give people the additional option of typing a question, you know, in like a chat functionality, like you do on Zoom or Teams or all these other stuff. And then the question comes to live and then, you know, obviously the hosts or the host and the guests can then choose to answer or not answer the question. So it really does sound like a weird evolution or hybrid of radio and podcasting, but I think it's pretty cool because as much as I love podcasting and I think people know that I do, the thing that I do not love about it is it's passive if you listen to it that's all you're doing is you're listening if you are like oh that's that's a good point or no that doesn't make sense so oh i you know i'm wondering about this it's not like you can ask you can shout at your phone or at your speaker or whatever no one's gonna hear you whereas this actually brings <laughs> engagement and i think that that's a lot more inclusive yeah i, I there's maybe many times where you listen to a podcast and you go but guys yeah and then it's already recorded three years ago <laughs> and you are delayed yes, yeah. but um but yeah I, I i think it's a it's a it's a game changer when the interaction mode or the interaction segment of the news space of podcasting is uh it's gonna be the game changer um it just allow it also allows the people being interviewed or the people in like uh, at the head of it to become people if it makes sense like you get to hear the actual response and you get to hear them think and you get to hear things that might that because sometimes in the in podcasts it's prepared questions that they have yeah and it's prepared segments and prepared answers but now that you get to interact you almost break that and you get to hear a real response from the people yeah i was actually speaking to someone um about it not yesterday David. what two days ago i don't remember what day it was now um and she was saying, you know, that she's trying to get into podcasts. She sees that it's it's growing quite a lot. Um, 
she actually does PR for quite a big brand. And she's like, you know, she would like to get her brand involved in it, but as as a listener, she can't quite understand why people are loving podcasts. And then I said to her, it's probably because of the passive aspect of it. And she was like, but that's why radio was so good. Because radio had multiple voices, people could phone in, you know, there was engagement. And I think that's why a lot of people are put off a podcast, because they feel like, oh, we're just listening to something for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or for an hour. You know, and it's not like music or something. It's the same voice of voices for X amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, personally, I prefer, I think with radio, so radio has changed uh, quite a bit in the last couple of years simply because of advertising mm-hmm. as well. So now because of people trying to pay bills and stuff, you have to put up with ads and you have to put up with songs that you don't, that's not necessarily in your wheelhouse. But sometimes I also just like a random music so you get to feel what the world is at. But at the same time with the podcast, you go, you've chosen, you get to, there's so much to listen to. So you get to choose what is your thing because you can basically, I'm sure this podcast about grass <laughs> <laughs> and how to grow grass. <laughs> you get podcast. So it's that thing of like, it's not just like, you can't get, I feel like you can't get bored of it if you chose it. Like, because it's a topic that you want to know about and, and it's professional speaking about it. So I, I, I get I feel like people who don't listen to podcasts haven't found their podcast. I mean, that sounds like a good marketing tactic, actually. Help help us help you find your best podcast. Yeah. What, what are you into? Okay, let me go search for you. Who's the people that sound like you want to sound and the topic that you want? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting to write lines now about podcasts. I probably shouldn't <laughs> say this on a podcast, but I mean, I feel like there's an opportunity for someone here to build something that helps match people up with the right podcast. Like, you know, when you join a new, a new music service, tell us about some of your, your interests, you know, or your favorite artists and they make you choose and then they start recommending stuff. Mm. Someone should do something like that for podcasts and I'm surprised that no one's done it yet, actually. Hmm. That's, uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't say this. If you have money, uh, send it to us. Yeah, we'll test it out. Um, You got the idea (laughs) from us, so clearly, you know, we deserve a share of the royalties. Um, Yasin says it's fine. You can pay. We must date this podcast. (laughs) Yasin says you can pay him in, in like, snacks and stuff, so it's fine. (laughs) I want money. Not, Not Bitcoin. I want money, money. Yeah. Yeah, I want money now. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I feel like Bitcoin is always future money. And no NFTs either. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, <laughs> no NFTs. I think NFTs might tank, but we'll be see. Then the other thing um, that you put on the list is the Fitbit Ace 3. Um, I know it's, it's a, 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 but there's no segues and we're going straight uh, to the next topic yeah. here. So it was very, like I, no, because here's the thing, guys. I, so I read the article and there was a joke in the article because it was, it's weird because it's a, first, it's a fitness tracker for kids or aimed at kids from six years up, which is fine. But at the same time, let your child yeah. be. Just give them a damn watch. I feel like do our children need tech on them? For security, maybe I get that because there's obviously a tracker in there. Um, the funny part was that they took the heart rate monitor out and they put in a pedometer no. in the thing. And I was like, that's funny, guys. It's a pedometer on the children's watch. No. I knew you were going to say that. Sorry, guys. It's a pedometer. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sorry. Take the damn joke, guys. <laughs> but yeah, the um, it's it's an interesting thing to see. Uh, kids get uh, smartwatches now. But 
personally, I it's a thing of when when technology goes for children, I always I am always on the defense first before I get to actually see the benefits of it because I just feel like kids must go play outside. Not they don't need to know about the world. Like why must a child know how many steps he took? Like just let him play in the damn tree. Like yeah. So anyway, that's my take on 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 tech for kids. They must calm down. Let him go play in the damn tree. What? Are children even playing in trees these days? I don't know. I never played in trees when I was a child. I didn't like the outside, which should surprise nobody actually. And that's why we're here now. <laughs> But that's exactly my point. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This whole um, this whole thing to me is it is weird. I I understand people wanting healthy kids, but I think there's a difference and there's a fine line between healthy and the obsession that you can get because I'm sure I've seen an article about this um, or at least I've had the discussion and I, I I'm actually speaking to Fitbit in a couple of weeks um, but I feel like what's happened when people started getting Fitbits and you know wearables and stuff like that is yes they started caring about the health more but they also started becoming more obsessed oh I've got to get the 10,000 steps oh I've got to do this oh I've got to do that and it starts driving behavior that is not necessarily healthy because it's not about doing things because you want to be healthy it becomes doing things because you know you want to close the rings on your apple watch you want to get your fitness goals for the day you want to get your free smoothie from kawaii because of discovery health you know so it becomes the wrong thing it becomes addictive for the wrong reasons and you're now not doing it for the sake of your health you're doing it because you want to become you are competitive or you become competitive And it starts causing that stress, and you start getting stressed about, oh, I didn't do, you know, enough steps today. Oh, you know, this is what it's like compared to the other people, you know, that I've got on my on my fitness app. This is where they are, and it becomes unhealthy. And I worry about that with kids. I understand, like you said, you know, if they have like an Apple Watch or a piece of tech or whatever that's there for safety and security purposes, so they can communicate with their parents. That's one thing. But when you bring in this health aspect, I think it's a very fine line that these companies are walking. Yeah, I'm I'm there. So I'm I'm there as well. Where it's just that it feels like we we on the line of 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 taking the, fu- the taking the fun away from movement because it's now monitoring. It's now watching your actual movement. It's it's because it, again, how you get parents that will buy this and just give it to the kids. You also get parents who will watch this streak with the kids and go yo you're not working enough you're not doing this enough and then also pushing the kids to more than what they should add yeah because we've seen parents um obsess over the smallest of things when it comes to marks and 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 academics and um sport so i just i just hope people who do buy into this are also responsible with it at the same time and like most other pieces of tech i think that's probably the best thing you could say is exactly that and i think it's also sort of the overarching thing with technology is what are your intentions with you know the piece of hardware or software that you're going to be using <clears throat> you you must actually be like a father who who has a daughter who's going to go on a date <laughs> what are your intentions with my daughter and then you go okay no sir i'm going to use this fitbit 
uh, only for a little exercise. <laughs> it's a horrible analogy, but I feel like most of actually, us should wait. understand that. Wait, no, no, this is not the no. I'm not gonna actually. I was gonna bring up something. I was like, actually, this is not the topic to bring it on because that's gonna be really weird and awkward. Let's move on swiftly, quickly before this gets even worse than it is. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the the Samsung. So Samsung has announced that there's a new unboxing happening on the 17th of March, but they haven't said anything else. Um, there's been leaks that it's a A52 uh, with 5G. Um, is that confirmed? Uh, no, it's not. Also, Samsung, if you're listening to this, where's my invitation to unpack? Because come on, guys. Um, yeah, I'm assuming it'll be along soon, but it's not confirmed. But if you look around at the leaks, you'll see you saw that sort of teaser video GIF to steal your your phrasing of this word um, yeah. that they put out on Twitter, where it's that person and the blocks, and it, everything's sort of like a white background, but there's like some blocks are purple, some are blue. There's like a few that are black. Um, and you just see images of a person. If you go look at Evan Blass, mm-hmm. EV Leaks, um, he's one of the most well-known tech leakers in the world. Um, he's got an account on Voice, which is where he's migrated most of his tech leaks to. Um, a couple of weeks ago, like a month ago or so, he posted leaks. And when when he posts leaks, you know it's like basically 100% guaranteed that this is right. And he posted leaks showing the different colors of the A52 series. And the colors are exactly the same colors as the blue, the violet slash purple, the black, and the white that's in the blocks that's in that GIF. So I feel like it is the A52 series. Also, the styling of that is very much in line with what they've done for previous A series devices. Um, so it, it does make sense. And there's been a lot of global leaks about the A52 series. In fact, someone someone did an unboxing video of the A52 when the device is not even out yet. So, you know, you pretty much guarantee that this is going to be the thing. But it's going to be very interesting because I was actually having this discussion with uh, my friend Sam Spiller. I think you've met him. He writes for Memeburn and Gearburn. Um, and we were chatting about what we were thinking you know we might see in the a52 and he was like listen here a series is a mid-range device um a51 did really well for samsung last year it really did amazing things for them but you know we're trying to figure out where this thing sort of fits in this year because obviously you've got the entry-level s21 you've got the s21 plus you've got the s21 ultra samsung has previously confirmed that they will do fe versions of all of their flagship devices so we're assuming there's going to be an s21 fe so then you start wondering if there's an s21 fe where does the a series fit in so we were like oh you know it's probably going to be you know plastic back um it's, it's hopefully going to be more than 60 hertz display, maybe 90 hertz. Does this article that I'm reading with these leaks not say, oh, it looks like Samsung's going to go for 120 hertz refresh rate on a mid-range device, expandable storage as well, which is not in my S21 Plus or the S21 or the S21 Ultra. And I think I saw in the image with the video that there was a charger in the box. Like, this is all the stuff that's not in my yeah. phone. And I'm like, <laughs> guys, I know the camera on my phone is better. I know that the process is probably better. But why why, why are you doing this to me? So here's, so here's the thing that, 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 that grates me to a point. Because I go, it's like, 
if you are buying the ultra right you are spending maximum money you are buying it's unnecessary to a point because the the hardware and the software are pretty much overkill for the way we live right so give me a damn charger give me the earphones because i'm buying the top of the line if you're buying a gti you don't you want the spare wheel at least in the damn gti because it's the top of the line that car so i just go why rather take away your mid-range phones um charges if anything rather like take away your your base level um s-series charges if you anything but i i just feel like when they when they removed the charger and earphones that was a thing for me <laughs> but now b- back to the a52 the, the the problem lies in what is mid-range now like if you're making a top a top range of mid-range then is that not the bottom range of the top range if it makes sense <laughs> i mean i feel very awkward about yeah it just it just feels like <laughs> there's too many phones that are the same there's too many phones i feel like from the same brand that's the same thing because a52 then you get it because it the, the specs look so good that it fits with the um the s series but now they're going to make an fe line that will basically be the same thing as the uh, lower range s21 the a52 and the f um the S21 FE will all be the same phone basically isn't it which is exactly what i was saying to sam actually earlier today uh, when we were chatting about it again what makes you think i talk about technology way too much in my life um but i'm also trying to understand what samsung's sort of thinking is and i have my own idea which has not been you know confirmed by anybody but my thinking is this Uh, firstly going back to your not analogy of like if you're buying a GTI you want to spare a spare tire i get that but it's a car and that's a long term investment as much as you know on this podcast we previously spoke about the fact that samsung's pushing out you know guaranteed updates for x amount of years security updates software updates all the stuff are you really going to be holding on to your phone for longer than 2 3 years maximum are you going to really hold on to especially an android phone for 5 years 6 years 7 years like you know a car which is going to last you say up to 10 years easily or at least the truth you know i think it's a, it's a i get the analogy but i think it's very different things um that, that we need to look at but when it comes to this whole strategy what i see shifting is and this goes back to a prediction i made when the S10 series came out when they first announced the Galaxy Fold the one that wasn't so good I was like listen here I can see the fold replacing the Galaxy Note series and people were they looked at me are you out of your mind you don't know what you do it's never going to happen the note is blah blah I get it I'm a note fan I love the note it always used to be my favorite Samsung phone but if you look at it logically the note used to be the biggest device the device that could do everything you know it's the everything but the kitchen sink kind of phone That's what the fold has become. That's what foldables have become. It's now the largest mm-hmm. display. It can do everything from being a normal size to being a tablet. Like it can do the things that the Note has always sort of been champion at. So to me, it made sense that that's what they were going to do. And then last year, they were like, "Hey, actually, you know, it looks like they didn't confirm it, but everything is pointing towards the fact that the Note might be dead now, or at least in the form that we know it." But now, if you look at that sort of whole strategy, take that further. If they're going to be pushing people towards sort of a foldable as a replacement for the note then what does that mean for the rest of the lineup because obviously now if you look at S21 Ultra and Note 20 Ultra 
which device do you buy? And you, you and I have had discussions about this many times. A lot of people have had this discussion, actually. No, honestly, a lot of people have been asking this question because they've always been so similar, but the differentiator was the S Pen. But now you can get an S Pen for your S21 Ultra. So, yeah. again, it, it's like what is happening with the entire Samsung lineup. I think that what they're doing, especially if you look at the S21 series, is yes, the regular S21 I think is a great phone for many people because of the size a lot of people are not upset about the plastic back which they shouldn't be but I think what Samsung is trying to do is they're trying to funnel you towards ultimately buying the Ultra because if you're going to buy the S21 it's not that big a jump to buy the S21 Plus but if you buy the S21 Plus in terms of battery size and capabilities you might as well then just jump to the S21 Ultra you might as well buy that so I think because you've got that and then you've got all of these devices which are becoming so similar so s20 fe because we don't know if there's an s21 fe confirmed yet you know and then you look like a71 um a51 there was the a80 some regions there was the a90 you know those upper tier mid-range mid-range devices are very close towards you know the sort of lower end flagship devices that you were saying i think that what they're trying to do is i think they eventually are going to stop doing things like an S21, maybe an S21 Plus, I'm not sure. But they're just going to focus on, for the high end, it's going to be the ultra premium, which is going to be the foldables. And those will have their own sort of slightly more affordable foldables, more expensive ones. And then you're going to have like a regular S21 Ultra. But I think eventually they're moving towards a space where they phase all of those devices out. And they're going to eventually start replacing the upper tier lineup with just foldables and then you're going to have your mid-range devices we're still going to be the sort of phones that everyone knows and loves as they are now and that's why they're making them so so capable and so powerful i think they're setting everyone up for what the future of samsung is going to be in the future of samsung and they've publicly said this is 5g and foldables so that's what i think you're seeing happening now we're in a transition uh, phase where they, they're slowly nudging people towards things, but they're doing it in a way that doesn't seem like they're doing exactly that. Yeah. It's it's also, it's just an interesting thing where, like, so we know 5G is the, the it's the next step. So they're putting it on, it'll basically be on every phone it, and they're going to make a version for every phone within the next couple of years. But I'm still not sold on foldables, to be honest. I, I'm still very uh, indecisive if a foldable is a thing for me. Um, but I just, I don't know. It just feels like they, they're flooding the market with themselves. Which is... Ex- <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I... Sorry to... Again, it's one of those things we must watch it play out. Well, what I was going to say is, isn't that exactly what Nokia did back in the day when Nokia was, you know, number one in the world? Yeah. Look where they are now, though. <laughs> Which was... Yeah, well, actually, I'm, I'm not going to say anything because I'm actually waiting for the Nokia 8.35G to be delivered. It's supposed to have been arriving today, so we'll see. And I am actually potentially going to be doing some work with them on some stuff. So, um, Although I, I did say to them what I think their issues are with what they've done. Let's see what they come with. So we, we'll see. We'll see what things are like. Um... I actually, as we're sitting here, got an email from Oppo. Um, we've all heard of Oppo. And they've just emailed me about the Oppo Find X3 Pro, which I do not think is coming to South Africa, which I'm really disappointed about. But a few minutes ago, as of recording this podcast, 
so it'll be a day ago by the time people start listening to this. Um, Oppo has just finally unveiled the Find X3 Pro, which is their new flagship flagship device. You know, the thing that takes on the S21 Ultra, uh, you know, the iPhone 12 Pro series. It looks pretty impressive. Um, the specs are nothing to sneeze at. Um, they've got some ridiculously fast fast charging. The only problem I have is that even though we officially have Oppo in the country, it does not look like we're going to be getting any flagships launching in the country from Oppo this year. That's not confirmed, but that's what it's looking like at the moment. It, it breaks my heart that we don't get... Because whenever I watch the like the YouTubers, that they, when they announce these other brand like flagship phones, and they're so good and they're so cheap and they like... It looks like it's the phone that I want. And I just go, we don't get the thing here. So when I see the Oppo and they come out with these dope flagships, it really breaks my heart that I go, guys, just bring in five. I'll take one, please. Like, just (laughs) look after some of us. You don't need to do all the branding. Just sell it undercover. Please, Oppo, if you're listening to this, come through for us. Um, I I think that the... The concern that they have is they're a very new brand in the country. No one really knows who Oppo is. And the way you win people over, or at least the traditional way you've won people over, is by you bring in affordable devices first. And then you go and you, from there, um, you know, once people know the name, then you start bringing in the more expensive devices because then people would actually buy it. Because are you going to go and buy something from a brand that you do not know? We know what Oppo is. But I don't think most of the public does. Mm. The the technique that you're speaking about is called the Huawei. It's that's how they got into <sighs> this country. Is that they came in mid range and they worked their way up, and now they top lines. Are you embarrassed by the term that I call? Wow, it? I'm gonna go away now. Um, <laughs> wow, that was that was like no, you can't come with your shit jokes and then get offended by my <laughs> shit jokes. You must get out of here. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, but yes, okay, that was a little deviation. Um, there will be more information up on the reframe.co website about this Find X3 Pro. And later this year, even though it's not as far as we know coming to the country, we might later this year be able to get a hands on. I'm trying. We will see what's going to happen. Um, I'm also trying to see if we can get hands on with that Oppo rollable phone concept thing that they announced last year, which is a real phone. So we could have some fun Oppo stuff coming for you later this year. But back to rumors. Um, And let's talk about the people you just mentioned. Huawei, since you brought them up. (sighs) That company. That company. Are they bringing us computers? Well, actually, before we even... (laughs) Are they bringing us the P for Actually, before we even get into that, remember last week I said, hey... I'm jumping off this because I need to go speak to Huawei now. So we're going to find out what's going on and hopefully I can give some information. To be honest, they didn't say much of anything. What they did say, though, is Mate 40 Pro is definitely coming to the country. Um, In fact, they're collecting my Mate 40 Pro because they're going to do an update. And I'm not sure if the update that they're going to do for me is if they're putting Harmony OS on because Harmony OS is also launching globally next month. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Finally. But hopefully soon I'll have the details for you and what's going on with Harmony I OS. I just feel like we've been waiting. 
we've been waiting for Huawei to, I feel like, to step up and we've been seeing all the talk about them doing it with Harmony and, and like really bringing like the, the um, app store together. Um, and I think when once Harmony is is launched and official, I think it will, I think then it feels like they will be present again, if it makes sense. I, I get what you mean, but my concerns are more than just, you know, the operating system thing because what they need to do, I think, is they need to clean up that app gallery like it's done a lot but at the same time there's a lot of spam apps there there's a lot do you know how many spam apps there are for clubhouse on that thing and i'm like oh no um in all honesty it is something that that um at google Play to add in the beginning but they fixed that very quickly yeah i i think also on the huawei app store it's still very much um you'll get like the fake version of the apps <laughs> and it's very funny because I'm pretty sure you'll find a clubhouse. Oh, you're going to find a um, a Twitter. You'll find an um, Instagram, but it's spelled with two <laughs> E's instead of the I in front. I feel like they'll, they'll have like different <laughs> fake versions of all these, uh, these the apps. So yeah, once again, that's why I think when Harmony comes through, this will be a hopefully a cleanup and a, a tidy up of their side. Yeah, and with that obviously comes new devices and that's where obviously something like the P50 series comes in. I did ask uh, the new head of Huawei South Africa and the CTO of Huawei South Africa last week, you know, we've heard rumors about the P50 series, what's happening there, will it become the South Africa? The answer that I got was, you know, we cannot confirm on unreleased product. Um, also, there was no confirmation, yes or no, whether this device will come to the country. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, but the leaks have come thick and fast with the P50 series. And that's actually one of the latest uh, leaks, which our good friends at Android Authority have just written about. And I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm very curious to see because C. Scott Brown wrote about, you know, the leak renders of the new Huawei P, uh, Huawei P50 Pro and that camera bump. My good lord. What is that weird? Oh, it looks almost like the Mi 10 Pro or Mi 10 Ultra, whatever that Xiaomi phone is called. That sort of weird, long, oval shape kind of reminds me... You know what it reminds me of? The Sony phones, the latest ones, because they've got that sort of long, thin, oblong kind of thing. This is just like a fatter version of it. Um, and a yeah. center hole punch. Yeah. Like a, like a Samsung phone. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like I hope they, I hope what is leaked is not true because it's also, it's disturbing. It's like when Nokia released that, um, that one, uh, there was one phone with like, it had like seven cameras at the back <laughs> and it looked like the phone was watching you. Like it looked like a spider. That scared me. So I, I, I saw the, the leak and I was just like, guys, I hope. I, I, you know that thing of what they did with um, Sonic? So they released <laughs> the trailer of Sonic and then people were freaked out and then they were like, yo, let's go change that thing. So I think they do this. I hope they do the same with the, with the P50 Pro where they're like, yeah, the reaction to the leak wasn't so good. Let's go back to the station and go change it. Yeah, thing. because it's it's not even the oblong shape. It's this, the two massive circles in the middle, which are supposed to be, you know, camera sensors. And I'm looking at them and I feel so uncomfortable just looking at that picture right now. Because obviously, 
you know, these are leaks. These are renders. Um, it was done by OnLeaks. So, you know, these are CAD renders. We're not 100% certain that this is what it's going to look like. But the reason why also those sensors on the back of that camera bump are so big is that they're rumored to be one-inch camera sensors, which would make these the largest camera sensors not just on an Android phone, I think possibly, and I speak under correction, possibly on any phone, which means that Huawei's lead with photography that is already substantial could be next level. Yeah, I just, again, you go, like, give us more steps to that thing. It don't, it, if you make the jump too big, it also becomes unnecessary. Even when phones are shooting raw now, um, I, I think the, the, the Ultra, um, S21 Ultra uh, shoots on raw um, spec. And you just go, do we need that right now? Like, are our, our screens and our lives there? Like, but yeah, that, that's also my other thing with technology is that, we don't need everything that they give us. <laughs> it's going to fail when they give it to us also. Um, so that's a, like a, a one inch. See, guys, it's too much. Like just go buy a Canon. Buy a, a cheap phone and a Canon. You'll be safe. Buy a Fujifilm XE4. Um, which is actually the camera I want. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's this, this speaks to my whole philosophy of I get that we have devices that can do everything, but do we need devices that can do everything? Or should we rather just have devices that do certain things really, really well and focus in and specialize like we used to? I, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm on both sides of that fence. But speaking of Huawei and devices that do all the things, Andy Walker, my good friend Andy Walker, um, also Android Authority. Um, he wrote about Huawei's new Windows 10 desktop, which is apparently now launching outside of China, which they call the Mate Station S. And I'm just like, um, I, I have questions about this name, but okay. <laughs> The, the first problem is, I think it shouldn't have mate in it. I feel like if it's a workstation, it must have a workstation name. Like, at because everybody knows you have no friends at work. No one is your mate. Give me an actual <laughs> name for the thing. The other thing I have is that they sh- it, they, it feels like they treat it, they're treating it like it's another phone. Instead of coming to me with the energy of this thing is legit. Like it's it's a it's an actual workstation and not just oh it's not a fun thing. Do you know what I mean? It feels like they're making it too fun and informal for my liking at least. Okay, so with the mate thing, firstly, um, mate is the brand name they use for the productivity um, devices. So whether it's the mate phone like the mate forty, um, or it's the mate pad, the tablet, or the mate pad pro, or the mate books, which. Um, I reviewed last year actually I, I kind of get why they've stuck with the mate branding to give it co- cohesion and be like hey this is a productivity thing but I agree with you that this might not have been the best name for this specific range of products um, also again they're touting the whole thing of you know that seamless integration that Huawei does between their phones and their laptops and stuff which is great but if you look at the picture that sort of circulates around the internet it's this massive display, which looks really nice, to be very honest. This keyboard, which looks disturbingly like an Apple Magic keyboard, but okay. Um, 
this tower, which I'm uh, I'm not sure what I think of it yet. And then on the display, you know, on the monitor, you see the display of the phone mirrored. And I'm like, okay, and then there's the phone standing next to it. And it's, I get that they're trying to play up the whole seamless life aspect because that's their big thing right now. I I agree with you that the way they've done it makes this seem not as serious or as focused as it probably is. And that's disturbing to me because Huawei does actually have a really cohesive ecosystem. I've used their laptops um, and like like some of their laptops, this MateStation S is an AMD Ryzen powered device. And I've loved uh, the AMD Ryzen powered laptops I've been using lately. I just, I don't know Huawei. I, I want Huawei to survive because I think they make great hardware, but I don't know about this. So it's exactly that. Like, I don't doubt that it's going to be amazing. I know it's going to be amazing. Like, I know that they everything links well. I know that it's going to be a system that works and works well also. And they, they've made it dynamic in its size as well because it looks really small from, from the photos I've seen. I just feel like the branding or, or the, the... Not the branding, the approach to it doesn't seem like... It doesn't seem like it, it, it works as hard as it does. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It almost feels like it's too <laughs> lifestyle and stylish than, you know, practical and functional. Yeah, like like my phone is a lifestyle. My my computer doesn't need to be lifestyle. My computer must be my computer. Uh, especially if it's if they went with adding the the actual um I'll say the box to the monitor, then by all means it can be lifestyle like it's an all in, all inclusive but because it's it's a box it's still a pc it's still a, a thing that stands by my desk it must be formal <laughs> i don't i don't want a vase i want a machine so you don't want a playstation 5 you want an xbox yes <laughs> yes it's exactly that <laughs> no when it comes to my when it comes to my pc it must be an xbox not a playstation that yeah that's the mm. <laughs> analogy there. I, I have my <laughs> moments eh? um, yeah I don't know it's going to be interesting to see where this thing becomes available because it doesn't look like they're targeting individual users it looks like it's more of a enterprise business style thing and it seems like it's just going to be Malaysia for now so we never know what could happen um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do this year and how they pivot after what's been happening with the sanctions from the US and the issues they've been facing from the smartphone side at least with this you know they can still use windows because they've got license to use windows so that's something i guess um yeah i also think it because of its size they have the potential to market homes uh but i actually think because in my mind if it comes to south africa it will actually be marketed to companies and and more like office spaces than actual the the, the person in the street um yeah, so I think that's another thing. If it will come here, and if it does come here, what what who's the target market for it? Yeah, I think if it does come here, they're going to have unexpected competition from a brand that I cannot mention yet because, yeah. But let's just say things are happening this year with other brands. Um, let's move into the final thing, which is actually mm -hmm. the company that I'm still convinced that Huawei and many other companies are trying to copy, which is Apple. Um... Weirdly enough, I'm actually using their products to record 
most of this podcast except for the mic everything else that i'm using is apple so <laughs> yeah that's awkward <laughs> um yeah apple's got there's a lot of rumors so apple you you saying people copy apple i think apple <laughs> actually copies others but copies them so good that you can't spot it like they like yo i see your sandals but we're going to make sneaker sandals and then it was like yo sneaker sandals is the shit but they don't know that it's based on sandals anyway that's my take on apple and the the sense of design and innovation okay can i'm really just going to jump in here quickly cuz we're going to have this 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 thing now um oh. i i agree that apple is not always the most innovative company but i think we also need to look at what our what our understanding of innovation is i don't think innovation needs to be these massive groundbreaking sort of products and features i think sometimes all you need are mm. the things that exist to actually work well i by no means am i saying that i fully believe that apple mm. should be charging the prices that they're charging for a lot of the stuff because i'm like yeah yeah damn minds but at the same time when they do something for the most part they do it really really well and as much as they might be copying some other people's design let's be very honest most people are not trying to copy what apple has done for the last 20 years by building out you know these super tight ecosystems by like look look at the matebook design the Huawei matebook design looks disturbingly like a macbook also macbook and matebook let's jump into samsung Samsung with the S21 series which I love so dearly because the S21 plus is my phone it's what I use it's the phone that I love but what makes it so good is how tight that ecosystem is where would they have gotten that idea from who would they have possibly learned that from you know it's it's all of these companies are borrowing from each other but yeah let's do um but yes tell us about some of these these but these also things, you can't these rumors no. before we start fighting about this But guys you 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 can't tell me oh my god guys look here night mode 5 years off the samsung has done it and now you're telling me night mode is a thing night mode you just made it black <laughs> like every every other phone okay. on the market would do night mode for 7 yes. years before apple yes. came with night But. mode Get okay this here. is true but <laughs> what was night mode like before apple came along with night mode on the iphone it wasn't bad apple came along and they were like okay so here's how you do night mode the only two brands that could actually compete with them at that stage were huawei and google pixel that was it everybody else no samsung. samsung's night oh, mode compared yeah. to what they would when apple came out with night mode samsung's night mode was sad and pathetic i'm sorry but it was So I'm like again I don't think that Apple is necessarily the best but I'm like let's not knock them for when they do things and do things well and I think with the iPhone camera it do- no, 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 it no. doesn't have the versatility of like a Samsung or a Huawei or you know whatever but what they do is they give you consistently good shots so you know what you're going to get and I think that yes. there's something to be said for knowing consistently what you're going to get it's not exciting but at least there's some sort of reassurance and i think a lot of people need that and i think that yeah. there's a place for that so that's my take on apple no I, i i i can't knock them and i can't fault them because everything they do they do it well they do it perfect like you go there are people that use iphone 5s and 6s who still their photos are still great like the quality is still there like it's it's not like it's faded as much as as like the android devices it's just that they they more dynamic than they are innovative and i think 
and I think they, they, they them selling themselves as innovative is the thing that pisses me <laughs> off. Rather than being dynamic with, with with the technology, does it make sense? Oh no, that I completely agree with. But I also just hate the word innovative because every single brand says, "Oh, we've done something innovative. It's groundbreaking." No, it's not. Don't lie to me. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway, <laughs> all shit talking. Us. No, but it's the truth. And here's the thing: I have said this to brands. Yes. I have said this to the vice presidents of brands. I've said this to the CEOs of brands. I don't care. I'm gonna say it. I'm not scared of you, because you know it's the truth. So yeah. anyway, before I get on my soapbox, you're right. You're right. <laughs> what's happening in the in the in the Apple rumor mill? Because you were very excited about this. I was like, okay, this man needs to calm the hell down. I was only excited because I saw some um, thing that looked like VR, and then I was oh, like, mm, oh. "I know who likes VR." <laughs> and you know, you know, who did I speak to the other day? So you, I spoke to someone the other day about VR, and I. Mm-mm. So here's the thing, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so they coming out with with um, they basically coming out with, with Apple Glass. I, I just want to say say call it Apple Glass, which is their version of like a. Um, of Google Glass, and they're also giving us ridiculous years because the years that are included in these things were like in ten years times, fifteen years time, and I'm like, guys, I don't care. The world is melting. <laughs> we have a pandemic with the air can kill you, and you're giving me fifteen years. Get out of here. I want to see. I want to see next month. I want to see the 17th of March. I don't even want to wait five years for something. It's all just rumors. It's all, it's nothing, guys. But the other thing, then I was thinking of what does a, a, a like a let's say Apple Glass look to a MacBook in in twenty years time? Is it basically, or is it just going to be a book like an actual two pieces of of plastic that's next to each other because you're wearing the screen on your face? So then, is it going to be like an an AR version of a laptop that you'll be seeing through your specs? Which does can you imagine I, I, that? Like in my mind, that is. Laptops will be well. How about I, I take that from the future and bring it to the now? Because Acer, the laptop company, already has something like that that exists in the world. They're going to sell us plastic <laughs> in the future, guys. <laughs> the same thing that we we not having stores now because they're making laptops with it at the moment. <laughs> no, but but seriously, I, I actually because I spoke to the country manager of Acer a couple of weeks ago. Um, I must actually check and see if I push that episode out yet. It's on my other podcast, the Tech Reframe one. But they call it the... In- it's not Intelligent Display. It's... Oh, I can't remember because I keep getting the name wrong. Um, oh, it is out actually. But yeah, it's essentially that where you wear these sort of like augmented reality glasses and it almost gives you like a virtual keyboard and almost like a virtual desktop environment. So that that thing exists, but yes, Apple is rumored to be heavily investing into augmented reality glasses, or at least augmented reality and potentially virtual reality. Again, Apple never ever comments about rumors, even more than other companies do not. But it is very curious to see uh, these rumors because every time in the last say year or two, when they've officially announced an event and they send out the invitations, you always see. If you have an iPhone, if you have an iPad, blah blah blah, hold it up to the in, hold up the camera to the invitation on your you know on your computer or your MacBook, 
and you'll see this augmented reality thing appear on your dis- on your screen of your phone or your tablet. So they're they're clearly playing in this space. Um, iPhone 12 Pro, Pro Max have lidar sensors, which is crucial for augmented reality. Um, they first did it on the iPad Pro, and even now, like I've got an iPad Air fourth generation, doesn't have lidar, but they've still found a way to at least make sure that some of the augmented reality stuff works in there. They're clearly making a big push in the space. And I get it. It makes sense as the next sort of mm. wave in the next future. How they're going to do it, I don't know. Because while they're doing that, you see other companies looking beyond like glasses style things, and looking at potentially contact lenses. Because I think it was Samsung or Google or both did a contact lens a couple of years ago that you know when you wear it can help check your your glucose levels and that sort of stuff. You know, so I see that that's the sort of next future beyond just the glasses. But we need to get to that stage first, and to get to that stage, you need it mainstream. And you know, if Apple does something, it's going to go mainstream. Yeah. So again, it's a thing of while you might not be a fan of VR, it has to exist in the world. Like why? A small piece, and someone needs to take it on and work. And I. I, I... <laughs> a little bit of me is happy that it's Apple that's doing it because it's definitely going to make no, but sales because that's what Apple will do. They it's not Apple. confirmed that they're doing VR, yeah. but still, why? <laughs> it's it's how they're going to take us over. It's uh, I don't know where it fits in the world, but it it has its place, and I mm, it's gonna yeah. If Apple's because Apple's gonna go in that direction. They're going to use the, a, a VR technology. So, yeah. So, whatever is working today, it's going to mm, move forward. I don't love this, but okay. I actually argued with uh, the head of Cisco South Africa about this. He's like, well, why do you hate VR? I was like, don't start with me. Um, so, yes, I'm, I've been very public about my... Dis- <laughs> it's Like I said, it's, it's not because I purely hate the technology. I don't see... Give me a watershed product. As I've said many times, give me the thing that shows me why VR is useful and necessary beyond just gaming, and I'll, I'll buy it. So if Apple can do that, then I'm there for it. But anyway, um, other than the glasses, there are rumors of other things, as they always are. And there have been tons and tons of rumors of Apple doing an event next week, the 16th or something. Um, there's also been lots of rumors saying, no, they're not doing an event on the 16th. And then John Prosser, who's one of the most well-known Apple leakers, the other day just tweeted 23. Just the number 23, nothing else. Which, of course, led everyone to go, hey, why are you thinking, is there something happening on March the 23rd? And then he tweeted... I can't remember if it was a follow-on. It was a follow-on from that tweet. And this was on March the 8th. He tweeted this. He tweets, updated from a reliable source. Products that are ready. AirTags, iPad Pro, AirPods, Apple TV. Take that however you'd like. So it clearly seems like he's implying that, you know, those things might be, if not... Or maybe just, you know, they get announced or unveiled or available on the Apple Store on that, on those day, or that day. But it's kind of curious because this Air Tags thing has been rumored since before the iPhone 12 series came out. They thought that the iPhone 12 was going to launch with Air Tags, which 
is literally like tile or like samsung's uh, galaxy galaxy smart tag you know it helps you find your stuff when you lose it so you attach the tag and you can find the stuff um samsung's got two versions of that kind of tile there's this smart tag the smart tag which is out now which just uses bluetooth so it works like any other tracker and the smart tag pro which is coming out later this year which uses um the ultra wideband technology that is only in the s21 plus and s21 ultra at the moment um and that's a lot more accurate like it can literally say to you oh you know your whatever it's attached to your keys are in your it's on the bookshelf on this specific shelf that's how accurate it's going to be whereas a normal tag is just going to tell you you know it's in this location and this location could be you know in this house or something and you're like okay but we're in the house kind of so no one knows if these smart tags uh a tags from apple you know are going to be like that how i don't know accurate they're going to be um then and then there's the, the, the airpods, AirPods. Here's, the other, here's the other thing with airpods i go they uh, again uh it's it's not innovative at all because you go there if you look at both if you look at uh the people that actually focus on earphones only or ear or audio technology only they are the ones that's making the super groundbreaking things but you but if but um iPod or iPhone basically goes, yo guys, we have a other version of the thing that okay. we saw last year, and then everybody loses but this it, shit. Again, like, again <laughs> I need to jump in there because you're right for the most part. But again, Apple made the original AirPods, and how many versions have we seen from other companies that look disturbingly like that? Then they came out with AirPods Pro, which on their own were not groundbreaking. Yeah. But they were the first commercially available devices to bring that spatial audio feature, which now all of a sudden you find in the Samsung Galaxy Buds Pro, and that was a groundbreaking feature because there's been rumors of Netflix working on using that technology. They have not confirmed anything. Um, Apple has confirmed that they're working on using that in potential shows for Apple TV Plus. Um, YouTube might use it as well. That was groundbreaking. So. Say what you want to say about them. It might not be the level of Bose or, or any company like that or Sennheiser, but what they did was they did bring decent audio because the audio files will disagree with me. Decent audio to more people, and they made the idea of wireless headphones a thing that people would actually want to buy. I sound like such a fanboy. As trendsetters, Apple. Yeah, but no, but here's the thing: it, you should be. We should all be like fanboys of Apple. Like, firstly, the debate between Apple and Android is stupid. Anybody that still has a debate in this day and age is is, is an idiot <laughs> for me because I just go everybody like both teams make us all win. So why are we fighting between the two of them? Also, people can like other things. Some people like Nike. Some people like Reebok, and it's fine. Let the people fight. But also don't fight. Uh, but at the same time, it's just a thing of they they introduce a lot of the times, and we've seen it nearly with every phone. Is that they introduce every year they introduce the next phone as the best <laughs> thing ever, and you're like, guys, but last year, last year, last year I spent thirty thousand on a phone, and you're telling me it's not the best thing ever. It's sad. <laughs> okay, but again. I, I've, I've seen that meme and I, I love that meme I laugh because they do they really do that and sometimes you just sit there and you're like you're bragging over the fact that your phone is now available in different colors like okay 
Um, but again, in all fairness, let's not pretend that brands like Samsung and Huawei and all of these others are not like, this is the best blah, blah, blah we've ever made. This is so much better than all the competition. And I'm like, every time yeah. these phones launch by every company, they all do versions of the same thing. It's just that Apple is always is the one that gets through to go for it. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm not as much of a fanboy as I might sound because yes, I do have an iPad. Yes, I do have a MacBook. My phone is a Samsung. So... <laughs> You know, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't live in the... You're making your own... Versus- Listen here, I don't even... Like, my, my speakers at home are Google Home. So I'm like, I've got a weird little setup that's going on here. I, I jump between ecosystems as I feel. And obviously, I've also got tons of Huawei devices. So I'm also on Huawei's little weird ecosystem. So I'm everywhere on all the platforms. It's it's odd for me. Um, you you You... Like you know, at school, at school they teach you about the nuclear family. <laughs> Is it the nuclear family? Yeah, that family. That's the. It's the. It's got the mom. It's got the dad. It's got the children, and that's that. That's the family. Then you get like the unconventional family that they also refer to. Again, why was our our education system so well? And then basically going. Sometimes the granny lives there. Sometimes the dad's not there. So and so. you've got the you've got the new age family where you go. Everything works because I got Bluetooth and the internet. That's why Apple, Samsung, all of them must talk to each other in your house. No, you the way the world must work. Go find the best things, not the ecosystem of things. Um, I will take that, actually. Um, but talking about some more Apple products quickly, because we do actually need to wrap this up soon. Um, iPads. So part of this launch is there's rumored to be new iPads. And I'm like, I just bought one like a week and a bit ago, guys. Come on now. Um, but it looks like if they launch and again this is all rumor and speculation but if they launch then you're looking at potentially a new ipad mini which hasn't seen a refresh in ages and a new ipad pro because the last ipad pro came out in was announced september i know this because it was announced on my birthday um and it was announced alongside the ipad a4 and arguably the iPad A4 was the better of the devices because even though it didn't have the 120 hertz ProMotion display that the iPad Pro has and it doesn't have the dual camera setup and the, the LiDAR sensor, it had the A14 Bionic chipset, which then obviously was the same chipset used for the iPhone 12 series. So the iPad A arguably does like 90 odd percent, if not slightly more, you know, what you can do in your laptop. In fact, I've been using my iPad A as a pure replacement for my MacBook. I've actually been able to do everything from video editing to audio to you name it on my iPad because it also has, you know, keyboard support. So if that's what you can do with the iPad Air, can you imagine what a refreshed iPad Pro with potentially an A14X or maybe even an M1 chip, which is the same chip that powers the new generation MacBooks. Can you imagine what that could do? I... I, here's the thing I, I'm actually a fan of the of the mini I'll say mini laptop system of having a a computer in the screen and a, and a, a detachable uh, a, I'll say or a wireless keyboard and, and maybe yeah. even a mouse but do you even need the mouse but anyway I'm I like that system of having pack up and go systems where you go iPad's gonna cover it all and you have your phone that can do the, the things you that, that you're not sitting down to do um with that all said, I still think tablets, I don't know if tablets are 
of needed. Okay, so <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's such I'm in such a weird dance with it I, at the I, moment. Okay, so I've had this conversation many times, and I think my opinion has changed since the iPad A4, because we've been promised for years that you know tablets were going to replace computers, and they never have. They've just been content consumption devices. Using this iPad A4, right? On on paper, the specs are like, why would you buy this? Because it's only got four gigs of RAM. It doesn't have an OLED panel. It's an LCD liquid retina display. It's not 120 hertz. It's normal 60 hertz. And people are like, um, okay, wh- why are you buying this? Let me tell you how I've used this thing mm-hmm. right now while we're sitting and recording this. I've got my MacBook open in front of me. But what I'm doing is I'm using this thing called Sidecar, where I'm actually using my iPad as a secondary display. So it's mirroring the display on my on my MacBook. I've got that open. We're recording this audio. At the same time, I have got, let me actually just swipe up and see here. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I have got my Outlook open. I've got my Gmail open. I've got a YouTube video open, not playing. I've got Apple Music open. I've got Spotify open. I have got Apple Podcasts open. I've got a game open. I've got Amazon Chime open. I've got WebEx open. Um, I've got a video sitting in in LumaFusion just sitting there because I was busy editing earlier. Um, I've got, what else have I got open here? Let's see. I've got a couple of browsers open. I've got a Google Doc open. I've got Twitter open. Um, You've also got ADHD. I feel like you don't <laughs> mention that. Also. I mean, yes. <laughs> no, but also iMessage is open. I've got Telegram open. And this is all on four gigs of RAM. Nothing is slowing down. I can, the same dongles that I use for my MacBook because Apple made me lift it, the dongle right? I can use on my iPad because it's USB-C. I can connect things directly into it. So if I need to pull something off my phone, I can just plug my phone straight in, which is fantastic. I can use, I'm using my Microsoft Bluetooth keyboard connected Mm -hmm. to my iPad and my Microsoft Bluetooth mouse. And I'm using it because iPadOS has keyboard and, and mouse support. This thing has actually proven to me that I can arguably use this as a as a laptop replacement, obviously depending on what my, my sort of workflow is. It's not ideal in certain cir- uh, circumstances because yes, you are still using apps, but this thing has proven to me that it is actually feasible and that dream of the tablet replacing the laptop is maybe not as far away as we thought it was. And remember how people have complained, oh, but why would you buy a MacBook? A MacBook doesn't even have a touchscreen display. Imagine if they didn't need to because you were using an iPad and you could just pick up and go. I think that that's what they're moving towards and it makes sense to me. I yeah I'm I'm fully on board with it like I'm I'm about that life of having uh I'll say yeah a laptop that can you can literally use for other reasons other than a laptop basically a tablet I'm I'm there for it but I just feel like the world has taken too long to get to it like I go the technology is there guys why are we not just pushing everything in that way give me give me ta- give me laptops with that can come apart give me laptops with touch screens all of it should be that don't if i if my phone can do it why why is my laptop not capable so of y- doing it y- Sorry, <laughs> i'm getting really worked up but it's a legit space but, that I okay have. but here's the question that i have for you what should the future concept of of a, of a computer be because does it necessarily have to be the way we know it now where you've got you know you've got a keyboard and you've got a display or you've got a desktop and you've got a keyboard why can this just not be the display and then you can pick it up and go and wherever you are, you know, you can connect the keyboard. Why can that just not be it? Because honestly, this has proven to me that it is entirely possible because I mean, I've got an Apple Pencil with my iPad. Do you know how much better that is when it comes to 
fine-tuning editing videos or something. Or they've got this great feature on iPadOS called Scribble. So when you write in things, in any sort of text field, so even if it's like a URL or notes or Google Docs or email or like anything, WhatsApp, because I can, I can get WhatsApp on this thing, not via the app. WhatsApp, I can get in the browser and WhatsApp actually picks it up as a desktop it actually tried to prompt me to download whatsapp for mac on my ipad so that's telling me that even other companies their systems are not picking this up as a tablet they're picking this up as what i think apple is working towards which is computing but um with scribble i'm literally i'm writing more on my ipad than i'm typing because scribble picks up my handwriting automatically converts it to text and it picks up things where even i write it and i'm like what the hell does this say like it's it's that good. Like they're doing things, and I get that you would want it yeah. on a laptop. But why can this not be the future if they just make it more powerful and they give you the right ecosystem and the right accessories to turn it into that thing? Because then you could just have a keyboard at home. You could have maybe potentially in future a keyboard that's projected from your VR holographic glasses, Yasin, and then it interfaces with this. Like I can, I can, I can. I can live in that world. I would be happy with that world. And if they had to bring an M1 chip to an iPad Pro that's already outperforming anything that you can find from an Intel laptop, they've just set themselves up for something massive. And if you look at what they're doing yeah. with iPad OS and Mac OS, where those operating systems look disturbingly similar and the M1 Macs can run iPad and iPhone apps, I think yeah. they're building towards a world where pick up any device, which is basically just a display as far as they're concerned, and you'll be able to carry on doing exactly the same things on any device. I think that's a great work. I, I think it's the the world they're working towards is that thing where it's Tony. No, it's Minority Report. Basically, grab from one thing and throw it on another. Thing. Minority Report. That's the one. It's when everything is so in sync with each other that it all exists in the same room on different but in the same, if it makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really what things should be. You should be able to pick up and go, you know, any device, any display, and just do what you need to do. And Apple is the only one really who can do that, other than potentially Huawei, you know. So I'd love to see mm. this. Um, the final thing that they're rumored to be working on, or hopefully launching, is a refreshed Apple TV, the actual box, not the subscription service. Um, I have no idea what they would do with it because they've already got a 4K Apple TV. So I'm like... Okay, um, I don't know where you're going to go next, but it has been a while. I think it's been, jeez, what's it been? It's been at least two years since they've done an update to the Apple TV. So, you know, it would be interesting to see if they do bring it anyway. Which is slow for them. I mean, when was the, how long did it take for them to actually update the MacBook? Yeah. Like, come on now. That's, so they'll probably go 8K and... Um more uh, i think a more in sync apple tv to um ecosystem setup i think that i think that the, the refinement of hardware and um yeah the refinement of hardware and existing software it will be the update for the new apple tv that's that's all i can see i, I can't imagine anything bigger than that yeah i mean they might maybe do something with gaming as well but i don't know we'll, we'll see what happens but i think we're gonna leave it there because this is i believe the longest podcast we've ever done <laughs> see this is the longest podcast ever <laughs> um next week's gonna be fun though because next week we're gonna have some way more exciting things to talk about 
Um, next week, we're finally going to go to Hisense and we're going to go see the new Lasercast TV. So that's going to be great. Um, we'll also be playing around with some new cameras from Fujifilm. And it'll be after the Samsung event. Mm-hmm. So we can tell you whether we were right about the A52. I think we are. I like being right. Yeah, I, I think we. I think today we speculated a lot, and I think we nailed quite a bit as well. We also got our anger out of the way every <laughs> week. It's just this is a, a, a tick therapy. <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. Tick therapy. <laughs> but that is us for um, this week. Yeah, that's all from my side. Um, yeah. Got nothing else to say. Make sure you subscribe. You know where to find us. If you're listening to this podcast, you clearly know where to find podcasts. So, you know, do the thing. Subscribe. We're on most of the platforms. I have another podcast called Tech Reframed. Go check that one out. A um, little bit of a humble brag, but not humble brag. We made it to number five on the Apple podcast um, for tech news in South Africa. So go check it out. It's really good. Um, you know doing the things and we'll be back next week to tell you what we think about all the latest tech news and probably argue about a few things again and please let it not be VR it will always be VR every (laughs) week I'll bring it back just to haunt you (laughs) let me off with the show please Thanks for tuning in. Yasin, we will catch the people online. Are we, are we we're going to catch the people online. Yes, we're saying goodbye because they've had, they've had enough of our voices now. That's true. I'm Yasin Barnes. Bye. And I'm Brendan. Now you must say your name. I thought you were going to say my name for the whole show. You didn't. Um, I'm Brendan Peterson and we'll catch you next week on the Tech Wrap Up. that's it for this episode of the weekly tech wrap-up be sure to subscribe and catch us every friday as we bring you our take on the biggest tech headlines of the week for more in-depth discussions about the technology that drives our daily lives check out the tech reframe podcast where i chat to executives and industry insiders who help unpack today's biggest tech trends and discuss how technology is impacting our lives